section twenty four of the national geographic magazine volume five this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by Hawaii in april two thousand fifteen proceedings of the international geographic conference in chicago july twenty seventh through twenty eighth eighteen ninety three memoirs and addresses recent explorations in alaska by eliza ruama sidmore when the united states made purchase of russian america by the treaty of june twentieth eighteen sixty seven there was acquired a vast empire whose shores were not even wholly surveyed or explored whose interior was untrodden by whites and of whose resources almost nothing was known it had been maintained only as a fur preserve by the russian company holding lease of the entire country they had made no effort to explore the interior satisfied that the natives should bring their pelts down to the coast forts they had traced only the largest river for a few hundred miles and the hudson bay company's men had discovered its headwaters and found out that the yukon and the russian Kwichpak were the same the coast range and its great peaks were only known as navigators of the pacific had seen them and of the interior ranges only the surveys of the western union telegraph company in eighteen sixty three through sixty five had given any account there was a considerable interest in the new territory at the time of its purchase and secretary seward immediately arranged for a scientific reconnaissance in the summer of eighteen sixty seven under the charge of professor george davidson of the united states coast and geodetic survey his observations covered the coast country from dixon entrance to unalaska and so much of interest resulted that the american geographical society of new york petitioned congress to have a thorough survey made of the newly acquired territory a quarter of a century has elapsed without the general government yet undertaking any systematic scheme of survey or exploration there are no official maps of the mining regions which have been adding one million dollars in gold to the wealth of the world each year only the mineral laws and not the general land laws apply to the territory which has but a skeleton form of government and no voice or representation at washington none can explain this neglect of and indifference to such a valuable territory and elisee reclus in his boreal america rather sharply notes that the united states considered alaska unworthy of its attention until the pockets of its concessionaries the seal island lessees were touched during the first ten years of military rule eighteen sixty seven to eighteen seventy seven no reconnaissances or expeditions were attempted the presence of a naval ship in southeastern alaska for fourteen years has added nothing to our geographic knowledge of the country with the exception of the expeditions sent from the columbia by general miles all exploration has been by private enterprise miners found their own way over to the yukon and their camps and communities are still without shadow of government control 
Professor Meyer discovered and first reported the great glacial system as the result of his own investigations, and the National Geographic Society's two expeditions to Mount St. Elias anticipated government surveys and measurements of that cornerstone of the continent. After General Miles' summer pleasure trip to southeastern Alaska in 1882, he had some expedition to Alaska always in hand, so long as he remained at Fort Vancouver. At his instant, Lieutenant Frederick Schwatka was detailed to make a military reconnaissance of the Yukon River, following the route used by some 300 miners during the two seasons preceding his famous raft voyage. It was not discovery in any sense, as not only these miners, but the surveyors of the Western Union Telegraph Company had long preceded him, and the doctors Krause of the Berlin and Bremen Geographical Societies had but a short time before mapped the passes over the range at the head of Lynn Canal. General Miles next detailed Dr. Everett to further explore Chilcat Pass and the source of the Alsek, and dispatched Lieutenant Abercrombie to ascend Copper River, but neither expedition was fully successful. His detail of Lieutenant Henry T. Allen for reconnaissance of the Copper River in 1885 resulted in the first discoveries and really important contribution to the geography of the country since the transfer. He traversed an absolutely unknown region, tracing Copper River up to its headwaters and the Tanana down from that same divide to the Yukon, and made a hasty survey and track chart of the Koyukuk River before hastening to St. Michael's. His triangulations gave the first reliable data concerning the active volcano of Mount Wrangell, whose summit is by his estimate only 17,500 instead of the fabled 28,000 feet above the sea. He accomplished all this in the face of the greatest hardships, and while the Allen expedition was the most successful and noteworthy of any thus far made in Alaska, it has been the least exploited and depreciated. Had his rivers, canyons, glaciers and great volcano been in Greenland, New Guinea or Central Africa, two continents would have applauded and bestowed medals on him. The National Geographic Society has not only equipped two expeditions to Alaska, but it claims enrolled in its membership nearly every individual who has discovered, explored, exploited, or made any special contributions to our knowledge of this farthest northwest territory. It has twice attempted to have Mount St. Elias scaled, and it may yet find the navigable channel of the Yukon, a river easily navigable for 2,000 miles, where a deep channel known through the flats that extend a hundred miles off its mouth. While ships run aground before they are within sight of land, the white whale enters the sluggish river by some deep pass and spouts for hundreds of miles up the stream. One eminent member of the society, Professor John Meyer, discovered the great bay full of tidewater glaciers at the foot of Mount Fairweather in 1879. Captain Lester Beardsley, another member, named this Glacier Bay, and furnished its first rough sketch map, and a third member, Captain James Carroll, successfully navigated it by ocean steamer in 1883, and named the Great Meyer Glacier. 
there has not been an actual government survey of the waters since the bay was discovered and all charts are compiled from private sources in eighteen ninety professor harry fielding reed another member of the society explored and mapped myra glacier and its twenty-six tributary ice streams in eighteen ninety two professor reed explored the upper end of the bay finding and naming the woods charpentier johns hopkins rendu and carroll glaciers and mapping also the geikie hugh miller and grand pacific glaciers which professor meyer saw from the mountain summit ten years previously four other members of the national geographic society camped at the meyer glacier one season exploring the region as a hunting ground while Professor T. J. Richardson made careful record of its landscape features in the series of ice studies and other paintings exhibited in the Alaska section of the government building at Chicago. In 1890, the late Frederick Schwatka, who had then resigned from the army, led an expedition through the British Northwest and Alaska to seek an easier route from Juneau, the mining center of Alaska, to the headwaters of Yukon River and a new route from that region to the sea-coast his untimely end prevented his publishing the narrative of a journey as hazardous and important as any he ever attempted he was accompanied by dr c willard hayes of the national geographic society the first half of their journey while not over wholly unknown ground was virtually an exploration in that it was a practical search for and trial of a new route to the yukon they ascended Taku River, crossed the Cordillerian Divide, and rafted down rivers and lakes to the junction of Pelly and Lewis Rivers, which formed the Yukon. Thence, following White River to its source, they crossed the divide formed by a spur of the St. Elias Range, and descended the Nitsena to Copper River, and thence to the ocean, their route describing a great arc behind the coast range and twice crossing it. A brief narrative with maps and descriptive text representing the scientific results of this expedition, prepared by Dr. Hayes, has been published in the National Geographic magazine. Mr. E. J. Glave, fresh from African exploration, spent two seasons in exploring between the Chilkat Pass and the Alsex Mouth. His later success in taking pack horses over Chilkat Pass in 1891 and finding rich pasturage for them in the bush country beyond proved the feasibility of pack trails all through those mountains. The miners have vainly urged upon the government the building of a military road across the Yukon passes, but even Mr. Glave's demonstration of the pack horse problem does not incline that institution to heed the request of the thousand wholly ungoverned miners. There is no record that any of the navigators who sighted Mount St. Elias and made such varying estimates of its height ever made any attempt to reach it. The first known attempt to climb the great mountain was that made by Professor Charles H. Taylor of Chicago in 1877. He went out admirably equipped and accompanied by Lieutenant C. E. S. Wood of the United States Army. The refractoriness and final mutiny of their Indian canoe-men after leaving Sitka prevented their scaling this keystone of the great Cordillerian arch. The unfortunate New York Times expedition, led by Lieutenant Schwatka in 1886, 
did not succeed in reaching even the base of the mountain the topham expedition led by messrs topham of the royal geographical society included also mr william williams of the national geographic society they were the first to stand on mount st elias itself and climbed to a height of eleven thousand four hundred sixty feet on the crumbling rim of the crater on the southern face of the mountain further ascent was impossible from that side and mr williams left the american flag and his tin box of records at that point in july eighteen eighty eight professor israel c russell was given charge of the national geographic society's first expedition to mount st elias in eighteen ninety he landed in Yakutat Bay, at a point sixty miles southeast of the Great Peak, and ascending to the snow line followed the glaciers along the slope of the range to Newton Glacier, on the southeastern slope of St. Elias. He was imprisoned in his tent alone at the highest point, 9,500 feet, for two days by a heavy storm, which, covering everything with soft snow rendered climbing impossible for the rest of the season and made the return difficult and dangerous in eighteen ninety one a second mount st elias fund was raised by voluntary subscription within the society and professor russell was again given charge he landed at icy bay forty miles directly south of the mountain and in a measure followed the schwatka and topham routes to the foot of libby glacier there he diverged towards the east and joined his trail of the preceding season he followed up past magnificent ice falls and ice amphitheatres to the head of newton glacier and attained an elevation of fourteen thousand five hundred feet on the northeastern face of the mountain from that outlook he saw for one hundred miles northward myriad dark peaks pricking through the great mantle of snow and ice and mount st elias showed itself a detached peak an abrupt spur running out from the main range of mountains he camped at an elevation of ten thousand feet for days waiting for the favorable day to scale the summit but the storms continued the provisions ran low and they retreated from that near point when assured that all chances were against them for the season and their strength failing from the meagre diet to which they were reduced and continued storms that threatened their light tent professor russell then made his great march across the plateau of malaspina glacier which fronts the ocean for sixty miles all the st elias ice streams uniting in this great ice mantle which so awed vancouver captain c l hooper of the revenue marine service known to geographers by his arctic voyages in search of the jeannette touched at yakutat bay in the autumn of eighteen ninety to bring away the members of the russell expedition before leaving he attempted some independent exploration he took his vessel through the bergs of yakutat bay into disenchantment bay and sailed sixty miles beyond the solid wall of ice that met malaspina a century before captain hooper found there a magnificent tidewater glacier dropping jewelled bergs into the sea from all its four-mile front of glittering ice cliffs as a loyal member of the national geographic society he named this hubbard glacier and its guardian peak for the president of the national geographic society 
in eighteen ninety one professor russell took canoe after his exploration of malaspina glacier and following the shoreline of disenchantment bay went another sixty miles further than captain hooper had gone he found that the bay extends as a long narrow inlet down to a broad plain reaching to the base of mount fairweather and his observations introduced many striking details into that blank space of the maps the height of mount st elias which has been estimated all the way from twelve thousand to twenty thousand feet was put at eighteen thousand plus or minus one hundred feet by professor russell as the result of his triangulations from the icy bay beach the field party of the united states coast and geodetic survey consisting of messrs turner and mcgrath and it is unnecessary to say that they too are members of the national geographic society devoted all of the season of 1892 to observation, and their final determination was 18,010 feet as the height of Bering's Bolshoi Sopka. Mount St. Elias still awaits its conqueror, and while the National Geographic Society retains its interest in the unscaled peak, it yields the right of way to the other societies reported as anxious to send out expeditions to it, reaching warmly even another expedition like that one from over the seas which learning at sitka that there were no guides for the region went bear hunting and then to their homes this society has with especial emphasis claimed that american geographers should first consider the unknown and unexplored regions on their own continent that american mountaineers should climb american mountains and american geologists seek american glaciers and american volcanoes the ascent of mount rainier that isolated peak which holds a small switzerland on its sides and promises reason for another zermatt to grow up on its slope has been made by only thirty-eight people while the records of alpine clubs tell what american climbers can do on other fourteen thousand foot summits in other countries all the northwestern coast from mount rainier to mount st elias and down the recurved shore to unalaska offers such a field for the explorer the mountaineer the geologist and geographer as exists nowhere else on any continent only one of the eight great glaciers in glacier bay has been explored mapped and measured and not one of the trinity of great peaks that guard the bay have been trodden by white men if ever by a human foot the exquisite taku glacier only eighteen miles by water from the largest town in alaska is unexplored unmapped unmeasured and the world knows only the facts apparent from its beautifully sculptured front the great glaciers in prince william sound the grandest and gloomiest fjord on any coast within the temperate zone are unnamed unvisited unsung no more is known of them really than in vancouver's day and in that great landscape reserve of cook inlet the living volcano of iliamna has been climbed but once since the transfer no one has ever attempted the greater volcano of shishaldin sloping steeply from the sea at the head of the aleutian chain the most exquisite uplift of earth even upon all that coast a mountain with a more purely perfect outline than the Japanese Fujiyama. End of section twenty four.